Welcome to Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. Stories We Don't Tell is a monthly event in Toronto that features candid stories of strength and resilience. I threw out my prayers, they went flying like balloons. The air whipped our hair, we went shooting down the valley. Knuckles gripped upon the handles, shivers rushing down my spine. What's the blood? All I could feel my skin start to burn as I peeled the sweaty jersey off my back. I stumbled as my bib shorts got tangled around my shoe, and in an awkward minute I was free, just in time to look up to see a row of pasty asses attached to sun-baked bodies bounce away from me down the highway. I gingerly hopped back on my bike and took after my nude friends. Then there was that sound, that fucking hiss, and that feeling like I was pedaling through mud. Another flat tire. As the bikers vanished in the desert haze, I dragged my bike into the knee-high brush and changed my tire faster than I've ever changed a flat before. Each second literally seared into my skin and my memory as I huddled naked beside my bike in the Arizona sun. I threw my clothes back on my seat and started pedaling, but something was wrong. No matter how hard I tried, my feet wouldn't move. I looked down and saw that my shorts were pulled into the gears by a dangling strap that I hadn't accounted for. I frantically pulled them out, dismayed to realize that they tore as I pulled them out and were only staying together by a few strands of lycra. Uh, It was day 50 of our 72-day bike trek across the United States. Technically, it was for charity, but it was really for us. We were all running from something, searching for something that would fix us. Okay, so there are a few logistics about riding nude uh, on a long-distance bike trek. The touring bike seats are flat and hard, because you want as little movement as possible between your ass and the seat to avoid saddle sores, which are what they sound like. Uh, And to sit on a bike seat that small with bare skin after you've been riding for two months straight is borderline excruciating. So the idea is that after you take off your sweaty and stinking clothes, you put them back on the seat for a tiny cushion. The real trick comes with bibs. They're like bike shorts, but they have straps that go up over your shoulders, so they keep the shorts from sliding down while you're riding, and you get to look like an early 1900s strongman in a onesie. (laughs) But if you don't keep an eye on the straps while you're naked to the world, it sucks. As I pulled them out, I noticed that the left side of my bibs was a series of progressively larger holes running from my shoulder down to my thigh. So I retreated back to the scrub brush on the side of the road and dressed myself in what remained quickly noticing that the entire left side of my ass was no longer contained. The police car slowed as it passed me. <laughs> Almost a year before, I had just finished grad school with no job prospects and moved back in with my parents. So the daily routine stayed pretty consistent. 10 a.m., wake up and get high. Just in time for that hour of How I Met Your Mother reruns on Lifetime. Uh, 11, get high again and pet the dog. 11.30, Taco Bell. <laughs> Noon, search the same job postings that I'd seen the day before and send out my pitiful, pitiful resume and wait for no one to respond. 2 to 11, a mixture of pot and video games until my dad got home and we fought about not having a job. <laughs> Repeat. Uh, a month later, the daily activity remained the same, except this time I did it while sitting on an exercise bike that I found on Craigslist. Uh, I was told about this organization by some friends a few years before, and the idea had remained lodged in my brain. Biking across the country... I hadn't ridden a bike in 15 years, and I really hope that you don't actually forget how. Uh, Day one of the trip, I showed up to the starting site, the oldest in a group of 32. We had icebreakers and lectures on hygiene and safety and played frisbee. 
I was so hungover that the air around me stunk of gin for the whole day. The exercise bike and drunkenly biking home from friends' houses didn't really prepare me for this. Day four. The first 80-mile day ended with a 13-mile uphill climb in the rain. The sky turned black and in a matter of seconds pissed on our progress. Pedals slipped, legs cramped, and tires went flat. At the last crest of the summit was, was finally visible through the trees. It was a beacon from the wet torment, and a lone house sat there. A couple and their daughter ushered us inside, gave us towels, water, and freshly baked cookies. They wanted to give us a meal, but we had to decline because we were already hours late. They settled on giving us a map with a shortcut to our destination. Our exit from this hell of a road was seven miles of downhill winding roads, and the sun vanquished the clouds as soon as we were back on our bikes. Day 12, the first 100-mile day. It was through rolling hills of Amish country, Pennsylvania. I couldn't keep pace with the other riders in my group, so I found myself alone in the forest, somehow surrounded by a group of butterflies as I struggled up those fucking hills. Uh, my legs screamed, my joints ached for the relief that would only come at the top. My beautiful new insect friends had followed me, like they were cheering me on. They danced around my head as I started to descend, sharing in my conquest and elation. But I didn't account for my speed. Two of them struck my sunglasses and died in my lap. Day 18, an old lady at a diner we stopped in for breakfast told us she was going to pray for us, because as she said, it's the nicest thing you can do for someone. Day 22. Our days off from biking were spent building houses with Habitat for Humanity. In Ohio, I met Jay. He was 49 years old, and, felt, and I felt like I looked older than him without nearly living as hard. He was born in Senegal, lived in New York City for 15 years, until he had to move to Ohio when he couldn't afford the cost of living with six children. We finished putting his roof on that day. Day 49. There's very little to talk about anymore. We've run out of funny stories, We've run out of embarrassing stories. Everyone's heard them by now. Any new bit of gossip has circulated through the group before it even gets back to you. You start playing games with each other, but they turn stale after so many repetitions. You debate, but you already know what everyone's going to say before they even make their argument. You start screaming songs out loud, but you can only remember the chorus, which just sticks in your head for days. You play Mary, Fuck, Kill until you've married, fucked, and killed everyone you know. <laughs> you spend a lot of time on the bike being alone, yeah. <laughs> uh, once the conversation stop, you go inside yourself, expecting life epiphanies that never happen. You largely stare at the road or the mountains or the sky, your mind blank. You have a lot of time to think about nothing. You start making up stories with yourself, who would win in a fight. You realize that you're completely alone, and if anything bad happens to you, you're really fucked. You decide who you would eat if you got stranded out here in the desert. <laughs> then you realize you've been half asleep with your eyes closed for the past few miles, somehow still pedaling 15 miles an hour. Then you decide to ride your bike naked. <laughs> Day 73. Waking up in Santa Barbara, California, and there's no more road left to bike. It was like Frodo waking up in Rivendell, finally out of some long sleep with this bright new world before us. We spent the night in a seminary school on top of a mountain that overlooked the town and the ocean. The dorms were akin to some forgotten hospital wing, sterile with single beds and sinks separated by thin curtains. But we slept in a pile of mattresses on the floor. In the morning, you'd step outside and walk to the railing. The hills tumble away into the crisp blue water. Flowers of every possible shade and color surround the horizon as you look down over the white stucco city, and then you realize it's over. Day 80, I'm home, and nothing has changed. 
except for the sunburn on my ass. Thank you. Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell podcast. Thank you. Uh, I am Stefan, and I'm here with Adam. Uh, and we just heard a story from you. Uh, I believe it's the second story we've actually had on your podcast, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Great. Um, and and so I guess it's another another fun interview episode, which we had, we didn't do we didn't hadn't done for a while, and I've done two in, in the recent point, which I think are, is, is great. Yeah. I've been told by mysterious individuals that you don't identify self-identify necessarily as a as a as a writer. Yeah. Or at least in some way. Like what did you like? Did you write during like did you write during high school or anything like that? Like I mean, not particularly. Um... Since college, I was just kind of had a bunch of notebooks that kind of were half journal, half class notes, and just kind of everything in between. Um, usually lots of drawings of weird monsters and things like that thrown in, but never anything like sit down at a computer and like, I'm going to write something today. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. They weren't finished works. Yeah. It's mostly just like random brain thoughts and right. all that. And I guess that's actually, that's actually a fascinating piece because that's actually something that I think that a lot of people end up doing is, they, is that the biggest jump between writing something, writing like that kind of stuff and writing, and writing the other pieces is ending it. Yeah. The number of things people start to write or write pieces of but don't actually try to make it a full thing is a very different experience. Um, and so I guess like, uh, was the last story you told sort of the first time you tried to actually sort of encapsulate a bunch of things into a full story or is this something like you've been... The one from this past weekend? Or the uh, no, the, first, one, first, the first, first one that was on the, on the podcast. Um, that one was... I don't even remember why I wrote that. It started off as like, I was um, starting all this brain medication and then there was a reading a couple of articles just about uh, how the stuff I was taking was kind of, a, uh, it was a, a survey just about like how much of like North America is like prescribed medication every day. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, I think it was more of kind of a piece on like how it's kind of ruining uh, mental health in itself, just like the over medication. Um, so that was kind of like, uh, a response to that just from my own perspective because it was working for me at the time. Right, right. Um, and that, that one I just actually sat down and just wrote that whole thing out. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, as opposed to like normally when it was just kind of... Is a piece of it, yeah. It was more yeah. of it. Yeah. So, so that, that, still, was, that still had no ending either, though. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh, well, you, you, yeah, but the, the, like it's sort of... I guess and then, so that makes the second one that we, that we just heard actually different in that... Uh, the second one, we act, you actually had sort of, instead of just sitting down, because that's one way people get, like often, you know, we've had a bunch of stories where people are like, yeah, I sat down, I wrote the entire thing, yeah. and it was, just like, it was just like, that was my feeling, and bam, now it's done, and I walked away from it. Uh, and then the other experience is sort of, I guess, what the second one was more like for you, which is you have some thoughts, you have some pieces of things that you've written before, perhaps, or you just work on it, and you're, and you're trying to bring it all together to have it to more of a cohesive theme. Yeah, because that one, um, during that whole bike trip, I'd had just a journal kind of going... So it was kind of like a sentence here or there, or if something like significant happened, I wrote down, you know, the whole day's events type of thing. But there was also pieced together from a lot of like different long distance bike rides I'd done too. Um, just kind of like memories from that all kind of filtered together mm. and kind of came out with whatever I right, w- yeah. read on the other weekend. <laughs> uh, what, what we just heard, actually. Yeah. Um, so actually, so I just, I'm going to throw away part of what it comes to because I actually just realized I get the chance to actually ask you more about this bike trip, uh, <laughs> which we, which was something we also, we also try to do so I get actually more questions in about this sort of thing because yeah. this is ridiculous. Like you biked for 80 days? Uh, 73 was the right. actual total, I think. And then we had, we had uh, 11 
days where we were building houses through that, and then I think three actual days off. Okay. So it was, but I mean, the first month we had one day off, I believe. So it was 29 29 days of biking or like 25 days of biking? 25 days of biking, like two build days. Right. But it's like, you know, I think Pennsylvania was eight days straight through like all 100 mile days, like rolling hills of Pennsylvania type thing. How how does your body, like what, like I'm like, how does your body not quit on you by day three? Oh, day one, I wanted to cry. Uh, Because like, Nothing really actually prepared you for doing that, no matter how much like, I, I, biking you've been doing. Right. Because I mean, I had, had like an exercise bike and I was just biking around like the city. And I did one on a couple, I think maybe like 20 miles was my longest one before that. And the first day was 70 miles. Right. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is actually going to suck. Yeah. But there was a handful of times, because we, we had a support van with us. And there was a handful of times where you're just like, I could, I could fake an injury and get in that van for a little bit. Mm. But then by the time you're like done thinking about that, you're already done for the day. Right, like, right. I guess I'll just keep going. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. because, yeah, and I guess that's, this, oh, so your story also is a theme that sort of comes up a couple different times in, in, in different events we have, which is that this sort of, that these long trips or long, uh, actually, so I have a, I have a friend um, who's a fascinating, fascinating individual. Uh, his name is Rob Jones. He was a Marine and a Paralympian. Um, uh, and he also biked across America yeah. uh, for, to raise money for uh, our charity as well. Um, and, and he had the same exact feeling that you did, which was that people think, you expect that you're going to have a bunch of good thoughts. You expect <laughs> to spend a bunch of time really figuring something out and doing something, and that you just don't. Yeah. Because I think that was, because we had 32 people in our group. Um, most of them were right out of uh, undergrad. So they're all 22, 21. So I was like four years older than most people, but they were all kind of having the same thing. Like they're down to school, they just need like they're lost, they need something to do. So I think they're all kind of in the same headspace. And then once it actually gets going, you realize like nothing's happening. Right. <laughs> it's just kind of like your head's just kind of empty the whole day long. Like even if you like try to have deep thoughts, nothing comes out. Uh, I think kind of by the end, you just kind of realize like uh, determination just takes over. Mm. So at least nothing else, you just kind of realize, like, just kind of that, like, not wanting to give up, not wanting to be, like, the last one in. It's just kind of fueling everybody. Right. Everyone else is just kind of, like, dead in their heads. But it's just kind of, at that point, it's just repetition. Like, wake up, get on the bike, bike till you eat, like, five cold hot dogs, then keep biking. <laughs> right. Yeah, because, like, and it, uh, it fascinates me. Because, like, again, I guess people think, I guess, I guess you, I guess we're, we think in our heads and sort of society teaches us that, uh, that, giving yourself a lot of time to just do nothing, to, to be alone with your thoughts, is the way you have new thoughts. And yet, time and time again, it seems to be, seems to be delivered the case that that's not the case at all. Yeah. That these kind of trips are, are, not, are, are not the place to, to, to figure your shit out. Yeah, because uh, we had the added benefit of like, doing the Habitat for Humanity builds right. every once in a while. So you met a lot of like really interesting people who had really terrible lives and they were finally getting like a home for themselves and their family. But then you just kind of, so it was, felt good doing that, but then you're just kind of like, oh, this is equally just as depressing as it was not doing this type of right. thing. Yeah. That, like it's like a, there's just like that completely different experience, yeah. I guess. Um, and you know, everyone, yeah, I think it's, 
I'd be fascinated. So if you, if anyone has listened to this podcast uh, who has biked across America and has actually felt like they learned something uh, or really or, or really got, like, how do you rig a moment in their life, uh, I would love to hear that story. I would, too. Yeah. Um, because apparently biking across America really just makes you just brain dead. Um, yeah. Yeah. I so, so did you... Out of curiosity, did, did, did you, like, I guess you end this with a pretty much basically, like, I feel exactly, felt the exact same way. Yeah. Like, looking back on it now years later, did anything change? Did you learn, did, like, are you, like, are uh, you a fundamentally different person now because you did it? Probably. Uh, I mean, it was definitely one of those, like, it was definitely probably, like, the best, one of the best experiences of my life doing it, no matter mm. what the outcome was. Um, I mean, I, you're alone with 30 people for three months, but you had a becoming like the closest friends I mean at the drop of a hat like any of them I can visit and they'll all be ready to like yeah stay on my couch for eight weeks as long as you need <laughs> type of thing like the the bonds you make on it are definitely probably like the most life-changing hmm. uh, thing to take away from it I guess right. so, you, so there's that yeah the, you, you did the people are still yeah right cool uh, okay so going back to the story yeah. uh, because I just they got interested randomly um, <laughs> Uh, the process of so like the process of going back to notes to use those notes to craft a story uh, is very interesting um, in part because like so I I told a story sort of in similar fashion well not, like a couple different times I've actually had some notes to look back on and I found them quite useful to sort of remember specific details I might have forgotten yeah um, but at the same time it's also like what you write at the time is. It, it gives you an insight to what your headspace was at the time is, but may not be useful to the overall narrative of the story. Uh, yeah. So how did you find that sort of going back and picking these little pieces out from like day, you know, day six, day um, 12? Well, it was like the, the part of the story where it's kind of like day one, I did this, day two, I did that. Like a lot of those actually were kind of taken right out of my notes and right, stuff yeah. and just kind of written a little bit nicer. Um, but it's one of those things like if I look at like a map of the route, I can tell you like wh- what we did that day mm. and like who I was with still. But then... Actually, like, like what I was thinking about is just nonsense. Right. So it helped actually, like, seeing uh, just kind of what I was thinking of at the time. Mm. Um, yeah, and that, just on that thought, because yeah. that's what actually I found, too, was that the most interesting thing I found about having notes is that it actually got you directly into the head, like, it got you back into the headspace that you were then. It, 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 it illuminated even... What's fascinating about this is the part I felt like now when I look back on events, I look on it still from my current brain, not my brain back then. And yeah. so reading some of the stuff that I wrote you know, five years ago is like, oh shit, that's, that's a very different thing. Yeah, and I yeah. would not, I, would, I, don't, I don't remember, like I know what, what that led to or I know what that ultimate experience was, so I don't remember feeling this way that was contradictory to that at that point. Yeah, because especially like at that time in my life, it was like, I don't know if it was the beginning of kind of a depression or just kind of like the lead up to it. Um, but just like rereading what I was writing, like kind of before then, like during then and a little bit after, I can definitely like see how like my thought process has changed between then and like now, say. Mm. Um, granted, just like the difference between like five years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's the, just the, the chance to sort of view into sort of that version of you. Yeah. Um, so, so like if you were, uh, so what did you find by, like, did you find that was sort of a pretty useful way of doing it? Just like lining up your, 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 uh, like how much of the narrative that you, that we just heard was you sort of from now adding on to that and how much of it was actually pulled from the notes? Uh, most of it was pulled from the notes. The, um, the kind of intro with being naked in the desert, 
um, I don't really have any notes on that, but I just kind of remembered that. So right, that was, yeah. It seems like a thing you'd remember. Yeah, that was, that was kind of one you don't really forget. So that was all kind of from memory and just kind of embellished on and added to. But then like the, and kind of like the breakdown of like, because I knew I was just kind of getting high at home all the time. So that was kind of easy to piece back together. Right, yeah. But the, the actual like day-to-day stuff was really helpful to read mm-hmm. kind of what I'd been doing. Because also I was able to like pick out like kind of the choice moments I wanted to, that kind of fit in with the rest of the story. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then again, some days were just garbage. And right, yeah. Some days just weren't, made no sense at all. Yeah, and it was like not interesting to hear read out, <laughs> out loud. Right. Day 34, you actually had an epiphany that you just forgot about later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, changed your whole life. Yeah. Uh, today we saw a turtle. To be fair, I kind of, like, I, I've been trying to see turtles my entire, this entire show and still have not succeeded. We saw a lot of roadkill turtles, if that helps. Oh, that doesn't, that makes me sad. Yeah. Well, yeah, someone tweeted Adam a turtle. That's true. Uh, which, I, I don't know, was that in part, in, was that, was that, because that, is that because I asked for a turtle in the last show that you had done? I think so. Okay. I think you, I, I think you and Paul ended that talk with sad, sad turtles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think that went with the one where I just was weird to Paul the entire time, <laughs> which is like half the time. I was say, it sounds like all of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, that, we, like, any, any, so any sort of closing thoughts? We've sort of heard your story and we've got to hear about it a little bit. Uh, actually, it's an interesting aside um, because we've never done this before. If any of our listeners have other questions they would like to ask you, uh, please tweet them at me uh, or Adam uh, and maybe we'll have you back on and answer a bunch of questions if people are really interested that. in... That'd be kind of a cool episode. Just get yeah. a bunch of people... If you have, actually, if you have any questions about any of the episodes that we've done, any of the stories, I would be so fascinated to go back to all these storytellers and ask them the questions that you have. Uh, unless you have questions directly for Colin Munch's Android, although I still might go back and ask him those questions as well. Um, so with that, uh, thank you so much, everyone. Thanks yeah. so much, Adam, for being on the show. Uh, Thanks for having me. And, to, and I guess Rihanna can play us out. You guys know Rihanna. Yeah. You can find us online at thereapers.org because we're in the life-collecting business. You can like us at facebook.com slash podcast. If you want to help us out, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks to Rayana for the theme music to this podcast. You can find out more about her in the show notes or at rayana.ca. This episode of Stories We Don't Tell is brought to you by Butt Butter. Butt Butter. Butt Butter. Because that's just fun to say. Actually, can I get your, sorry, your thing to be facing more your mouth? Sure can. Yeah, there you go.